Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Welcome, welcome to Geek Vibes Live. It is May 6, 2017, which is free comic book day. I am your host, Caitlin Elam. Today we have a very special guest with us here today, and his name is Stuart Allen. And Stuart, how are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing, everybody? I'm doing really, really well. Um, you... Um, for those who do not know, are um, the voice of the infamous Damian Wayne, who we just heard from, the son of Batman, in movies like Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, Batman Blood, Bad Blood, Son of Batman, and Batman vs. Robin. You've also done some voice acting and feature-length films such as Rise of the Guardians. Thank you for graciously, graciously accepting our invitation to come speak with us. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Joel. Joel? Sorry, Joel. And uh, he's going to give you some questions, if you don't mind. Oh, no, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Joel, take it away. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you very much. Hi, Stuart. Um, Hey, Joel. How you doing? Um, How old old were you when you got started in the industry? Well, technically, I guess I'd say I was starting since I was, like, doing things like uh, community theater uh, back in Virginia before I came out here, uh, everyday performances and, like, Star Wars parodies with my cousins in Florida. We would do it every day. It was really fun. But I guess I wouldn't say things got really serious, like hit the ground running uh, full-time until around 2012. So then that was around 13. Oh, nice. Ah, 
that. that I mean, sorry, that's pretty sorry, young. That a little bit longer than what you expected. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I didn't know. That's, that's perfect, though. Um, I'm cool with that, though. Give me one second. All right, so how did, cool, you get cool. started, how did you get started in the voice acting, and what drew you to that field? Well, I started voiceover acting after I started live action acting. Uh, I came out here because, uh, well, my parents saw that uh, I liked acting, and we said, you know, why not just, you know, give it a shot? So we came out here uh, back in 2012. I uh, started doing different live action things like uh, working for Disney, Nickelodeon, uh, other series. And then eventually I got my first voiceover gig as the voice of Little Gray Squirrel for uh, Guess How Much I Love You, which was a Disney Junior uh, voiceover series. Uh, you know, like about the book, uh, about the, uh, the, little, uh, the two little rabbits, I love you this big, I love you this big. I love all the yeah. the moon and back. Yeah, so uh, I played uh, the rabbit's best friend, Little Gray Squirrel. Anyway, so uh, from there, uh, I realized that, you know what, I really love voiceover acting. I really like, uh, because it gives you the chance to play characters you wouldn't normally get to play. You know, to get uh, a chance to do things that don't always fit, I guess, your look, so to speak. You know, because the voice can uh, go beyond the look. So I uh, pursued it further. I started going for more roles, and eventually... Uh, yeah, here we are. You know, I'm the voice of uh, Damian Wayne Robin and uh, the voice of Russell Clay for uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise uh, every Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's such an awesome body of work. I mean, just listening to the opening of our show, which if people listening um, has have not seen it yet, go see uh, Teen Titans Judas Contract, an amazing movie. Um, actually, we're really good friends with Ernie Altbacker, who yeah, uh, awesome who did the the writing for it. Yeah. Um, and Stuart, of course, was amazing as Damien, as he always is. Um, that'll actually <laughs> be my next question. Um, how much have you enjoyed portraying this version of Robin? Uh, it has been fantastic. I absolutely love playing Damien Wayne. It is the best of my week. You know, uh, every time I get to. Uh, to go out there and, uh, you know, say hello to the uh, to Wes and the crew and, you know, just meet and work with so many fantastic cast and crew. It's just a great experience. And, you know, not to mention getting the chance to play a uh, superhero. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Well, especially Robin. Absolutely. Yeah, it's especially Robin. Yeah. Not everyone gets that opportunity. Exactly. Cool. I mean, I've, I've literally enjoyed – all of the uh, the Batman solo films and now the, the two Teen Titan uh, films that we've gotten from you. Um, so to go on to the next question, what movie that you've done is your personal favorite and why? Oh, uh, that's a tough question. They're all really good. Let me think about this for a second. Uh, I'd have to say either Batman versus Robin or Justice League versus Teen Titans because there are points of Robin, uh, Damian Wayne, learning more about, you know, pursuing justice rather than vengeance and making his arc away from League of Assassins, Rachel Ghoul, uh, coming to the other side. It's interesting to see the transfer and the conflict during the transfer, you know, uh, between him and his father, uh, learning, you know, who he is and, uh, you know, if, he really, if this life is really for him and, uh, you know, having his doubts. Then after that, while well, working to learn to work with others outside of his family and learn to realize that teamwork and trust are important in relationships. Right. No, totally. I, yeah. I gotta say, these animated movies definitely helped me like the character of Damian Wayne Robin, because I was iffy in the beginnings when the comic books first happened. 
but the animated movies definitely yeah. got me trans- transitioned into really liking. You've done a great job with it. Um, well, well, thank you. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So, a son of son of Batman was a big hit in the comic book animated realm, and your first time portraying, and it was your first time portraying Damien. Uh, what drew you to the character of Damien Wayne? Hmm. Well, first off, Damien, we uh, we do have some uh, things in common, but we also have things, uh, some things that are different. Uh, in common, we uh, we're both martial artists. In fact, I'm a uh, a black belt oh. candidate for Taekwondo. You know, so uh, that was very helpful with going into the ADR booths and everything and really got uh, a chance to uh, connect with the martial arts aspect of Damien. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so that was really fun. And then on the uh, on the different side, first off, he's a bit more of a brat than I am. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my, parents would, my parents would never, ever tolerate his attitude around the house. You know, so it's exciting to go uh, – to go outside and get the chance to, uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, it also gives a chance for me to, uh, just expand my skill set and, uh, step outside my comfort zone because before I actually uh, started doing Damien, I did a lot of, uh, nerdy comedic roles, you know, going for the, uh, you know, the nerdy geek with the glasses and everything because, um, my, you know, I don't exactly look my age, so I uh, tend to play a, a bit younger roles, the cuter guy, uh, the little cute uh, nerds and everything. So getting the chance to go uh, backstage and play Damien, which was, you know, more intimidating, brooding person, was a really just exciting experience. <laughs> that's true. That's pretty cool. That's, I didn't, that's a very good point, actually. Um, did you ever, do you ever get to work directly with other actors, or you, do you record yours separately? Uh, it depends on the, uh, engagement. Sometimes, yes, you do get to work with, uh, other people in like a round robin fashion where you bounce off, uh, the other actors. In fact, I have, uh, played with that before, like, uh, on Transformers, Robots in Disguise. I get the chance to be in the room with, uh, Wolf Riddell, Peter Cullen, uh, oh, Darren cool. Chris, Car- uh, yeah, Car- uh, Kari, uh, Kari Payton, and, uh, yeah, we just all have fun. You know, it gives you a chance to really connect with the other people. Um, I have also experienced the other one where, uh, they both have their pros. You know, sure, uh, in the round robin version, you get to hang out with the cast more. But at the same time, if you do the more uh, the private ones, just you and the director, you get more one-on-one te- uh, attention with the director and a chance to uh, kind of investigate the character a little bit more because you don't have to worry about all the uh, the back and forth and making sure that everything is all uh, – the pacing is right. They, they both have their benefits. So do you have a preference or, you know? Hmm. Well – I, I guess uh, I don't. I would prefer not to take sides, but uh, I guess uh, <laughs> I would choose to do the. Uh, I guess I do like the round robin a bit more because you do get to uh, meet more of the cast and crew overall, and uh, sometimes the reads feel a bit more natural since you hear what the other person's saying. Uh, but at the same time, I do still like the uh, the one-on-one attention with the director. It does give you that more, uh, uh, I guess, immersive experience in the sense of. You know the one-on-one attention, so you get to bounce things off each other. Oh, that makes sense. All right, I was just curious. Yeah, um, but, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, you yeah. mentioned you started at the well. You said earlier what what age you started, but what what what's it like entering the industry at such a young age, and how has your experience helped shape your life? Hmm. Well, uh, how has it shaped my life? It definitely made me realize that I wanted to go into entertainment. Absolutely, and. Hmm. Uh, as far as changing uh, life, I guess, uh, you know, it makes you uh, a bit more mature for your age. I noticed that, you know, I started 
uh, caring more for, you know, I, I realize the value of entertainment much more than just, you know, a thing just to make the time go by when you're little, you know. Sure. Uh, so I, uh, it gave me much more of an appreciation for the arts and the entertainment industry. And, you know, I guess, uh, you know, once again, the, uh, the maturity thing, I uh, began to uh, be more concerned about things like career paths, what I wanted to do in life from a, from a much earlier age. And it was a bit beneficial, too, because um, some people, you know, especially around, like, you know, high school, I've met a lot of people who don't really know what they want to do with their lives yet. So getting the chance to find out young and get a chance to be exposed to different things and look at the different possibilities is really enriching, and it helps you narrow down the possibilities. And it definitely has narrowed down mine to, uh, you know, go into entertainment, uh, whether on uh, it looks for me that uh, at least when I'm going to be pursuing it in college, which I'm staying local, you know, I don't want to leave uh, the L.A. area. I love it too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'd be going more into, like, you know, the production, the business side of it, and, uh, you know, still do acting on the other side. Get, uh, get to work the uh, the 360 angle. Good point. Yeah, that's not a bad, that's not a bad idea at all. Um, yeah. so how, does, how does voice work acting affect your schooling and personal life? Hmm. Uh, school and personal life. Well, I guess it does affect it in some ways. Like uh, you're not always in class. Uh, there's, uh, you know, sometimes you have uh, prior engagements. So you can't always hang out with friends. But I mean, I've uh, my family and I have been able to manage a pretty normal life. We've tried to find a good balance between the two. I mean, you can never really be fully normal when you're an actor. But at the same time, you can still try to achieve some sort of normalcy and find a balance of like uh, I go to regular school. Uh, I have regular friends some of uh, whom are, you know, not in the acting business. So I get to uh, see uh, people from both sides of it. And then, you know, I still do, uh, you know, I have regular hobbies. I, and, uh, you know, I'm still uh, taking AP courses and just, you know, an overall all-around achiever. So, yeah, I found a way to mix, uh, make a mix of both. Good job. I mean, that's, a, that's awesome, being able to balance all those. Uh, uh, tough. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> tough for me. I wouldn't I don't know if I'd be able to do it. <laughs> me either. <laughs> all the tough time. Working and then coming home and doing chores. Right, so I know right, doing right. all that, I would, I some would have yeah. got lost. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> much credit. Much, very much credit. <laughs> all right. So, well, um, there are many great voice actors that set the voice for a particular character. So, how does it make you feel that comic readers and newer fans now associate Damien's voice with your own? Well, it is definitely a very uh, humbling feeling. You know, and like really exciting feeling at the same time because um, being the chance, you know, getting the chance to bring Damien to the big screen and, you know, uh, and bring it to so many, uh, you know, moviegoers and fans uh, is a great, is an amazing feeling. But it's also at the same time, you're like, oh, crap, I better not mess this up. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so I'm glad to say that, you know, with the help of uh, Andre Romano, the uh, eight-time Emmy Award-winning director and the help of uh, Wes and the rest of the cast and crew, has definitely helped my experience with him uh, go up uh, and take it to the next level. So, you know, people do, uh, you know, think of my voice when they read the comics and so forth, which is a, a very, I guess, I don't want to, I don't want to have this in the wrong interpretation, but I guess prideful in a sense that, you know, you feel like, you know, yeah, I did that. I did that. <laughs> you know, uh, we did that together as a team. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah. Oh, you gave Damien a voice. That's no, crazy. I mean, to be completely honest, and um, so you can kind of back this this, this idea, sure, why not? I haven't heard more talk about 
a, a actual live action um, Damien Wayne right, right. until uh, Stewart, you know, blessed yeah. us with that amazing, movie, right. right, with the amazing <laughs> True. for uh, for Damien. Now everyone's like, well, when Ben Affleck Batman drops, we need a Damien now That's because true. I mean, Damien <laughs> was. A, I, I mean, I'm being completely honest with you. Damien was a character yeah. that people. You know, people looked at after Nightwing, after Red Hood, after Barbara Gordon. Now Damian Wayne is in a new class of his own. People want him in the movies now. Robin's him now. Right, Robin's him. That's how we know Well, I mean, you know, if, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if uh, Warner Brothers, uh, you know, comes at me with a deal, I can't really say no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it'd be be great to, uh, yeah, take him to the live action and so forth. At this point, I can't picture anyone else doing the role because I imagine that voice when I see, you know, when I see uh, Damian Wayne. So it's like, I need this guy. If he's if he's not actually fit physically, he has to be doing the voice work. (laughs) At the very least. least. Um, So I had kind of like a really nerdy question for you. There you go. Really nerdy. Um, just from the the sense of the movie universe that you've been, uh, that you've built so far with the son of Batman, mm-hmm. Bad Blood, and stuff like that. Judas Contract. So out of, right, Judas Contract and uh, Teen Titans vs. Justice League. Right. I wanted to ask you, in your personal opinion, you as Stuart and, I guess, Damian Wayne, who would you say Damian had the, the toughest time uh, fighting? Would it be Batman, Talon, Slade? Um, and I think that, that, was, that was all I had. Yeah, Talon... Batman or Slade? Talon, Batman or Slade? Uh, I have a feeling that the one he had the toughest time with was either Slade or Talon. I don't know. I feel like Batman. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a son. I can take him out. And uh, <laughs> at the same time, he also lives with him uh, much more. You know, so he kind of he's seen him train. He knows how. Uh, you know, his moves. He knows his techniques. So he knows how to counteract that stuff. But. Uh, you know, Talon or Slade, he doesn't train with every day. You know, he doesn't see them every day. So it's a bit more unpredictable. Now, Talon, uh, in a sense, was a little bit, um, hmm, how do I say this? Uh, he, he met him a little bit more because, uh, you know, he went through all the initiation stuff with him, and uh, he got the chance to see him more. So he, yeah, I, I'm thinking that Slade would have been the toughest. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I kind of was leaning towards Talon only because he was able to connect to Damien um, unlike anybody else was. Uh, They kind of felt as though they were walked, they have walked the same path. And um, Talon was able to. You mean like the toughest, like, you mean like the toughest, like, you know, uh, you mean like uh, to kill or like, you know, like, do I really want to fight this guy? Well, either way, I mean, either way, honestly, I, I'd imagine Slade would be <laughs> the most toughest for uh, for Damien to have to kill, um, especially the yeah. Slade that we come to see from this this Batman universe yeah. that we've seen Slade in. Exactly. 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 Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, only reason why I I put Batman in there was kind of like Batman v Robin, where you guys were kind of going yeah. at. Um, I'd imagine that. If Batman thought for a second that you needed to have be put down, Batman would have tried to have put you down. So my question was, did you think Damien stood a chance at stopping? You know, at if Damien felt as though Batman needed to be put down, could Damien do it? Could Damien do it? Uh, hmm. 
I think that, hmm, let's put it this way. I uh, remember that uh, one quote also from uh, uh, from Batman v. Robin where uh, Nightwing and Robin are trading punches in their training, you know, and yeah. he says, you know, well, I was trained by Bruce Wayne, and every time, uh, you know, he uh, met Rachel Ghoul, he kicked Rachel Ghoul's ass, just like I was kicking <laughs> yours. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like if it was in a sense where he had to put uh, Robin, uh, you know, uh, Batman down, Robin might need a little bit of help in that case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I can definitely, definitely see that. Um, I wanted to ask you something else. Um, sure. In 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 Judas Contract, which was an amazing uh, movie, by the way, um, we see Robin kind of get more into wanting to trust the group more. But right having that Al Ghul in him slash Bruce Wayne where it's like I trust you but not really. Do you think yeah. by the end of Judas contract he's actually taken these guys in feeling as if they're actually friends he can kind of trust more now? Well uh, I'd say that in a uh, in a percentage ratio. Let's say before the film it was more of a 50% you're my friend but I don't really trust you to more of a uh, maybe sixty uh, percent, so he still doesn't really fully trust them. Uh, but <laughs> right. at the same time, yeah, he still has come to identify with them more and accept his place a bit more in the Teen Titans. It's just yeah, Damien's really stubborn. It's a really slow process with him, uh, you know, to uh, reach out and trust new people and accept them as equals because he's had that superiority training with him since Rachel Ghoul and. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, the answer to your question, he's not fully there yet, but he's getting there, yeah. Right, and I, I love that aspect about him. He's still, yeah. It's not really the, the Al Ghul of him that, that, that's coming out in the respect of not trusting. That's the Bruce Wayne in him, right, right. and that's something he'll never yeah. shake. You see, you see Bruce Wayne's with Superman, who he's best buddies with, and, yeah. and Cyborg and all these guys, but, it's not, but he still has contingency plans to take him out whenever needed. Not buddy, buddy. So, right, not <laughs> yeah, buddy, exactly. buddy. Right, he'll he'll share a beer with them, but that's about it. <laughs> you know, what I'm yeah, because but... yeah, I mean, like you know, uh, you know, since uh, you know his parents were killed, you know, it's just you know he, he doesn't really trust anybody. He feels like you know, anyone could you know snap and turn against him on a moment's notice. So he's always prepared. Yeah. Right. Right. Were you a fan of Batman prior to get in the job? A fan? Yeah. Uh. Well, I guess I would uh, – you could always say you're a fan of the DC Universe, definitely, and definitely Batman. But at the same time, I don't really felt like I knew him, knew him, so to speak. You know, uh, I was familiar with the DC Universe and familiar with, you know, Batman and who he was, you know, and the Joker and everything. But I didn't really know that much about, you know, all of his adventures and, uh, you know, all of his backstory and everything. Uh, so getting the chance to play Damien and get to learn more about the DC Universe has been a really great experience. And, uh, it pushed me to learn more about the DC Universe, and, uh, you know, I fell in love with it. At the, you know, uh, you know, to say the, yeah, I fell in love with it. <laughs> Good point, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. I'm going to kind of ask you a question. I feel like I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to try it anyway. Hey, it's no problem. <laughs> Since becoming Damian Wayne in this Batman universe, I have to ask you, who is your Batman out of everybody who has <laughs> portrayed him, whether it's animated 
or in the live action film. So you can throw in a Kevin Conroy. You can stick with your your uh, your animated dad, Jason O'Mara. Right. Um, but like Ben Affleck, Christian Bale. If you had to choose one, who would you say is your hmm. Batman? Uh, I feel a little bit biased in saying Jason O'Mara, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, at the same time, I mean, you know, uh, I do think that everyone, you know, uh, the people who have played Batman, I don't feel like they they weren't meant to play Batman, or you know, they weren't really, uh, you know, supposed to say this guy doesn't fit at all. You know, everyone you know fits in uh, in their own way. They know, you know, they know how to be the Batman. You know, whoever's been chosen. So. You know, thank you, thank you, casting for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess my Batman dad. I'm gonna choose a voiceover favorite and a live action favorite. Uh, voiceover, Jason O'Mara, and then live action. Um, I'm thinking Christian Bale, Christian okay. Bale or uh, or Ben Affleck. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You okay. can't hate on any of those two. Those are good ones. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, they were both. I mean, Jason O'Mara to me. It, I keep I keep getting conflicted because you guys know how much I love Ben Affleck as Batman. That's my it. favorite Batman. I love yeah. Batman. But Jason Omar brings something so unique right. to, to voicing yeah. Batman. And what's so special about it is oh, yeah. We, yeah. All, we can all agree, after Kevin Conroy, it's we hard. saw in the animation world, yeah. there's no one that can voice Batman. Not easy. That, you know, it's yeah, not exactly. easy. Yeah, exactly. It's like saying, like, you know, Omar, Peter Cullen's only Optimus Prime out there. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but Jason Omar brought such a unique uh flavor to the voicing of um of, of Batman that it's now like all right, well Jason Omar's name is now up there with the uh the He's great good. to do I, Batman. I'm impressed with Jason Omar. Oh yeah, yeah. True. I, I mean I respect a lot. So here's a good one. Um, would you like to see Jason Omar's uh play Batman on the C W if he ever got the chance? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be great to see him, uh, you know, working on the CW with that. Yeah, he's been doing good on Agents of Shield. Absolutely, I can see it now. I didn't know how he looked before. I mean, no, already I has the voice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> already got that down pat. When you got the man. voice, you got it. You got it if you got the voice. Exactly. Yep. It's one of the main parts. Exactly. <laughs> the voice. You gotta get that strong voice. Exactly. Um. So we just have like two more questions for you. Um. All right. So who is your favorite voice? Uh, over actor. Hmm. Favorite voiceover actor. I'm gonna have to go with Tom Kenny. <laughs> uh, he's uh okay. he, he plays the voice of uh you guys know him. He plays the voice of SpongeBob, uh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I yeah, it's just, I, yeah. SpongeBob is an absolute favorite in our house. I mean, you know, you know, hate to deviate a little bit from you know the uh, the superhero world and everything, but. SpongeBob is one of the kings of animation in our family's opinion, and I love the work of uh, of Tom Kenny and everything. Absolutely, that's, that's a really good choice. choice. Yeah, no, I mean, if you think about how he has to prepare sound that high pitch, I know uh, to be SpongeBob. Oh yeah, definitely unique. Yeah, that is an yeah, iconic definitely. voice. Yeah, overall, definitely. absolutely, and the show's been on since like 1998 or something like that. I think it has been. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, crazy. Actually, no, uh, 1999, the year of my birth. Yeah. 1999. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, when we were both born at the same time, we were destined to be together. <laughs> 1999. Wow. Wow, that is crazy. Um, I think I'll give it to um Joel to ask the last question. 
Um, I think we're actually, you know what? I, I'll just go ahead and ask you. Go ahead. I pretty much already know your answer, but I kind of <laughs> want it to be like on on file that we got this from you. Would you be interested sure. in trying out for Robin um, in the new Teen Titans live action show for the DC Network uh, streaming service that they have coming out? Oh yeah, absolutely. If I was if I was given the chance to play Damian Wayne in a live action, or you know you know even just you know more voiceover stuff, but you know live action would be fantastic. You know I could put my uh, my martial arts to use on the uh, on the field. <laughs> point. Absolutely, Good absolutely. Point. They look and at that. You, they look at that. Stuff. And you'd be able to show people you're not only a great Damian Wayne behind the microphone, but in front of the camera also. Good point. Exactly. Definitely. I actually, before before we let you go, um, I promised him I, I, I tell you this. I just spoke to, I was just texting back and forth to, to Ernie, letting him know that um, we had you on tonight. And he said, please don't forget to tell him what a phenomenal job he does as Damien and that you are super <laughs> talented. So I couldn't forget oh, to. Thank you. Hello? No, yep, we're still here. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, I just uh, it went out for a second. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, always happy to uh, to hear anything from a fan. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we have loved having you uh, for this interview. You've answered all of our questions. Yep. Um, you've geeked out with us a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. And no problem. I love geeking out. <laughs> We can't wait to have you on, man. Definitely got to have you back again. Yeah. Well, thank right. you. Yeah, have you guys only back? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, we would love to have you back. I hear you've restored my faith in teenagers. Um, <laughs> generally, generally, I don't like teenagers, but every once in a while, I hear from a teenager that's actually very nice, and uh, you're very nice, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Stuart, it was great to have you. Um, and, and thanks again. We would love to have you back sometime. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You take care now. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, fellas. Um, it is time for the news. And before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and introduce who the hell you all are. Um, we're going to start off. We have Dane Alves. Hello, how's everyone going, Geek Five Nation? Let's talk about news and shit. Robin was really cool, by the way. I, I like that kid. He's awesome. Yeah, he he's a nice kid. And uh, Joel, I'm so sorry, Joel Jimenez. <laughs> I I called she was challenging. She was oh she was channeling her inner Dane there for a second. Everybody's got a Dane in them. Everybody's got a little Dane. That's true. Uh-huh. Everybody needs really little. That's Anyways. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, um, as I show my maturity level, uh, Joel Jimenez. Um, how are you doing, buddy? I'm sorry again. That's fine. It's whatever. Joel's mad. He's mad. He's pouting. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And um, uh, we have a Kanan Miracle. Um, 
uh, one of these, I'm going to screw up all of your names at some point, so let's just make our peace with it. I doubt you'll ever screw up mine. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, I I hope not. Um, Kaden, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How's everybody else doing today? Very well. Good. And uh, we have Nick Smith. Nick. Hello, everybody. Nick. Yes, I'm Hi. here. And that was that was an amazing interview. I loved it. I'm so glad that Stuart was like. It's it's fun to play a character that's a little bit of a dick because we all know Tamian is a little bit of a dick and like I was just like yes that was perfect that was yeah. my favorite moment of the interview. <laughs> and finally, we we have uh, Jawan Carter. How you doing? I am doing good. I was nervous that you were gonna. I was gonna be the next one uh, on your list, Caitlin. No. <laughs> Yep. Uh, no, no, not but, yet, uh, not yet. One, not one, yet. one per episode. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, thank you, Caitlin, for opening uh, up a great show. It was a great start. Thanks, Stuart Allen, again for joining us. Definitely. And I think it's time to get into some news. Caitlin, what do we got up first? The news. All right. The news. Today in the news. Uh, well, not today, for this week, however. Uh, Wonder Woman, the new movie, it's screened this week, and it had a bunch of ver- different uh, varied reactions, but mostly positive. So what do you all think of the reception, and do you think it's going to stand up to the hype? Let's start with uh, Joelle. I'm sorry, I'm going to keep on saying Joelle very, like, clearly for the rest of the afternoon <laughs> until you forgive until you forgive Just me. don't do it. Just do whatever you want. Just call him Joel. Yeah. It's fine. You got it. <laughs> Figure it out. It's okay. It takes a little time. Sorry. Joel, Joel, Jorel, Kalel, any kind of L's you can think of. This is the house of L, Caitlin. Don't worry about it. L. Yeah, That's it. You're good. You're good. Anyway, Wonder Woman, right? So, yeah. It's, yep, it's, Wonder it's, Woman. The only thing I heard about that this week was the fact that they kept comparing to Captain America 1. Which is fine, I guess. I mean, that's not a bad thing to me because I enjoyed Captain America the first one. First Avenger, so I'm cool with it. Whatever. Uh, I didn't actually. I didn't even know there was screening. That's new to me. <laughs> but whatever. Cool. Oh my god! Keep up with the fucking news. Joel. I didn't hear about screening. <laughs> I'm not oh, the news you didn't guy. hear about? Oh okay. Oh. These are new guys. Go figure. Huh? I didn't hear. It. I heard like reactions, but not like that. All right. Uh, so Dane, what do you think? Uh, you know, I I, I don't really. Anytime that they say, like, there was an early screening of whatever movie and there was good publicity, bad publicity, it's whatever. I, I, it's not going to be anything until the movie's released and people start being able to view it for themselves where I get really excited. It's good that it's a majority positive, and I'm like, uh, I think BVS was shown to executives. This was much more like, a, I'm pretty sure, just standard people, uh, maybe like small people in the industry. And if they liked it, great. Uh, if it's as good as Captain America, I'm also someone that loves the first Captain America. I forgot the director's name, but I'm a big fan of him. Um, you know, The Rocketeer, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I just love his style. Uh, I thought it was a good intro movie. So if, if you're saying it's something like that, I kind of already saw that coming. I think it's going to be a little bit more darker in tone, but I could be wrong too, but I, I think it's going to be good. Awesome, awesome. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I am kind of going to echo Dane a little bit there. Like, I don't put too much stock in, like, those, like, early reviews or I should say, like, 
early reactions. Uh, but I am a little, unlike Dane, I am a little concerned just because it was like it was mostly positive, but there was still like a like a split review, and you don't know who gets to see these more uh, type of early screenings and that kind of thing. Like I'll I'll definitely have more of an opinion on it when it gets released, and and like everybody kind of gets an opinion on it. I'm expecting it to be um, good enough to where it you know following what it's going to follow with BVS and uh, Suicide Squad that it will get good reviews because people's expectations at this point, I don't feel like they're not going to be like, it needs to be like the best thing ever. Like they're just like, just make like give us a good movie. And it's, I feel like it's going to be a good movie. And so with that in mind, I feel like it's going to get mostly positive reviews, good response. I hope it makes say 800 to $900 million is, uh, I think, uh, like a good, you know, uh, uh, ballpark to, for them to set their sights on and you know hopefully it does that and it is you know a, a big success oh well yeah you know fingers crossed uh let's see let, let's hear from juan what do you think um well i'm actually i guess in the minority um <clears throat> not as far as being like uh concerned about anything critics say or anything like that um i like to form my own opinion I just mean because I didn't really enjoy uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. <laughs> when I hear that. I just, I just go, yeah, well, you guys. Um, when, no, when I'm with you, Jawan. I'm with you. Thank you, Nick. Um, but honestly, when they say, uh, when they compare it to first Avenger, they only mean the tone. As far as the fact that they're both war movies uh, that have mm-hmm. superheroes in, in war times. Right. So they don't mean like, if you hated uh, first Avenger, you're going to hate Wonder Woman. No, that's not what they're saying. Um, so they just mean it by tone. And honestly, if you saw the trailer, mm-hmm. you immediately got that same feel. Like, oh, it's the same kind of tone as Captain America. America. Yeah. Right. It's just role reversal. So instead of Steve Rogers is the guy, and then he has, um, yeah. what was it, Agent, what was her name? Carter. Agent Carter. Agent it's Carter. Flipped. Right. It's flipped now. Now Peggy. it's Wonder Woman, and in comes Steve Trevor. So, mm-hmm. um, But I'm really excited for this Wonder Woman movie. I, I need it to do well. I desperately need it to do well. No, I need, desperately need everything to do something. I, I do. I always need something desperately to do something. Um, but no, I really, I really need this movie to be great because I, I want DC to have great publicity heading into. It'd be Justice nice if it wasn't always negative. Right. It'd be nice. Yeah. It'd be be a great change. <laughs> it definitely would. I'd, I'd, I'd welcome it. Yeah. All right, Kaden. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any negative reactions. The only thing I've seen is uh, the people that seen it um, didn't have anything but positive stuff to say. And uh, I've I've actually talked like five people that's in the industry on my personal Twitter account, and they uh, they all said that that this is the best DC movie that they've seen as far as you know reaction wise. And and I know y'all said it wasn't significant because it's an early screening, but this movie's in the same stage that. Batman v Superman was last year when Farachi and a lot of other people were hearing that it was that it wasn't as good uh, as they you know as people hoped it would be and you know of course all the fans were like oh you know y'all don't know anything so this this is more significant because the people that I talk to are people within you know Regal Cinemas and you know other publications that you know are saying that hey this movie 
really holds up. You know, of course, it's going to come down to the critics, you know, as far as what they say. But the reaction for this movie is much more positive than Suicide Squad, than Batman v Superman. Uh, I don't know about Man of Steel. Man of Steel, I think, really probably would have been positive. I think the only thing that divided it was the people that like Reeves compared to the people that like Cavill. But, no, I I think it's huge. And I don't think Wonder Woman has to be – I don't think it has to knock it out of the park. I think that's going to be up to Justice League. But I want this movie to do well because what it signifies to the fans, you know, the females. I want the females to come out and embrace the movies. I want them to be able – you know, I want kids to be able to come out and enjoy it. I want a lighter tone – I don't mind it being serious in parts, but I mean, I want this to really, you know, set the standard for what DC is going to be like going in the future. So uh, there's there's more writing on it than than people think, but you know, I, I think it's a good start, and I really have high hopes for this movie. You're making me feel better about it, Kanan. I just wanted to say really quick, yes. Kanan, you kind of I felt like at, at the end you kind of went back on what you were saying. You were saying how important this movie is. But that it doesn't have to be a a, uh, a home run. Doesn't have to knock I, it out of the park. I yeah. don't think. I don't right. think. Yeah, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. It needs to be. Able, I want it. To, I'm saying it as far as for the women and stuff like double. that goes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, I'm saying I, this movie doesn't have to come out and do 150 million dollars up in a weekend. It doesn't need no. to make 800, 900 make million, million. You know. Right. No, 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 no. Yeah, it doesn't no. need to make a billion. But I'm saying it needs to come out, and I want the females to. I want it to have an impact where people will come out and say, okay, DC's going in the right direction. Um, but I'm just saying, like, it doesn't, like, money-wise, like, it doesn't have to come out and, and just be this great, huge, uh, you know, Walk Guardians of the there. Galaxy the type Furious. movie. Well, well, let me just say this Fast before and I... is an established brand, so I mean, but no, I want it to do well for the women. I want the women and the the females to go out and have somebody to look up to. And I don't think they've had that yet. I mean, people, you know, I want, it to, I want more people to go to the, to the movies and not just dudes and fanboys, you know. This, you know, I want this movie to be, to draw everybody in. You know, well, and there's people well, that said they couldn't take their kids to see Batman v Superman because it was so violent. You know, and I think this whole movie appeals to a broader audience. So I hope it, you know, wins in that aspect. Well, let me well, say this. As, as a woman, and no, go ahead, Kayla. No, well, I mean, first off, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to say you've heard it here first that that ladies, Kanan cares about you. He cares about <laughs> you, and uh, yes, take note. And uh, he's a good guy. And uh, on top of which, as a mother and uh, as a as a woman, <laughs> well, I mean, let's just. You know, go ahead and call it what it is. I am, I am a lady, and uh, as a woman and a mother, especially a, a, a mother of a daughter, um, you know, obviously, like I, I, you know, I tried to sit down and watch Suicide Squad with her. She wasn't that interested. Um, you know, she kind of liked Harley Quinn a little bit, but as a mother, I wasn't really too wild about the message that Harley was sending. You know, sure. that. You know, you got to be wrapped up in this, as this, you know, psychopathic dude, and you have to, you know, be a criminal and ultraviolent and crazy, and um, right. and you know, I didn't like that tone. Um, I, you know, and then you have Superman and Batman, which she likes. You know, she's got Superman cape, she's got a Supergirl cape. It doesn't bother me. Um, with the emergence of also the DC superhero girls, um, you know, she's really gotten more and more interested in, in the, in the girl aspect of a lot of these DC superheroes. 
uh, or superheroines, you know, as it were, and, which is really, really cool. But um, with the emergence of Wonder Woman, um, she really liked the animated movie with Carrie Russell and uh, Nathan Billion. She really, really enjoyed that. I enjoyed it um, as a mother, um, as, as a comic book fan in, in general. Um, I absolutely enjoyed that as well. Um, it was a great movie. If, if you ever get a chance to, to check it out, it's it's definitely worth it. Um, but, yeah, so um, basically, I, I totally agree with Kanan. Um, I think that, you know, not even as a political issue, just as a, a, as a business, um, you know, aspect of, you know, a- inclusion of women, um, just, you know, you're doubling your sales right there. And it just makes more sense. And then on top of that, you want to you want to bring in children. You don't want to ostracize any of your audience. And I think that Wonder Woman has the potential to achieve so many different, um, I guess, um, uh, groups one. of people at one time. So I, I think it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to say this before uh, we pass it to the, the next topic. Uh, when I said yep. uh, I need this. What? What? Wait, Dane didn't start? Didn't Dane start? Did Dane go? Dane, didn't you start? What? Didn't you start? Yes. I yes. yes. Oh, okay. I, I thought Dane was saying what? Like, hey, you forgot about me. I'm like, you started. <laughs> no, uh, man. No, man. I was on mute, dude. I wasn't even saying a dang thing. God. He wasn't saying a Dane thing. <laughs> anyway. Um, you jerk. <laughs> I was he said that like Napoleon Dynamite. God. <laughs> God. Gina. Come free this. No, I was, I was saying that in reference to doesn't have, I'm not saying it has to be a uh, home run as far as financially. I'm saying as far as content. Like the movie can't be mm-hmm. anything less than the last two that we got. It has, it, has to, right, it has to be critically respected. The box office, I wasn't mm-hmm. even thinking about. These guys uh, can tell you, I never talk box office. It means absolutely nothing mm-hmm. to me. Because um, a lot of films need yeah, word of mouth. Right. A lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of movies uh, make a lot of money because, you know, a bunch of kids and stuff go see it, even though it's horrible, Transformers. Or a lot of films just need a lot of word of mouth to kind of build uh, momentum and speed. Yeah. Um, but no, this movie just needs to be critically good, uh, positive. It's what I was trying to get at. Right. Kate, Juwan, oh, yeah. Juwan, okay. Juwan, real quick, real quick. Why do you hate females? <laughs> I mean, why do you hate women? I just feel so offended. I just feel so offended. We are not doing this again. Oh, this is such an ongoing uh, uh. <laughs> an ongoing joke. All right, let me just. It's say a this. trap. Let me just say this for anyone <laughs> who does not get the joke, and for Caitlin, for you and Kanan, who are relatively new. We had a Geek Vibe Civil War uh, around this time last year uh, to kind of promote uh, Civil War. You're and, man, you got to explain what Civil War is, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of, Dane kind of went on this tirade, um, kind of just exploiting uh, and trying to say that I, I hate women. <laughs> and it kind of really took traction. <laughs> a lot of people thought I hated women. Um, I really like to stay out of that. that um, yeah, that was that was a horrible time for me. Anything how do you how do you feel about that? How do I feel about the fact that he hates women? 
<laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. Personally, I, I feel personally attacked, and uh, I need a safe space right now. Right now. <laughs> I'm going to go cry, and I want, I want a blanket. Uh, also, on top of which, I an think anything team. that is said... Yeah, I know, and a novelty. Um, I want a warm blankie and a teddy bear. Also, I think anything said on the internet and on live radio, especially, is the truth. So, Obviously. why do you hate yeah, women? Absolutely. Why do you hate women? Obviously. Well, so, no, it goes back, it goes back to my daddy and his daddy before him. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> That's my um, father talking. It's my father. We were about to have a breakthrough, and, it, and we lost it. We had yes. a breakthrough. No. But, um, Caitlin, what's my next topic? Well, okay, good. All right, let's get back on topic <laughs> with Aquaman. And it started filming this week, so we got a shot of the clapperboard on set. Uh, I'm personally, as a woman with a pulse um, that really enjoys Frontier and Game of Thrones and uh, Jason, uh, not Jason the movie, like Jason the actor, uh, it was very exciting for me. Uh, uh, Momo, I see. I can't say his last name, and I, I'm done Momoa. screwing up names today. So I was, I was just gonna let it. Momoa, Momoa. Okay, Momoa. Jason Momoa. Uh, I really enjoyed him in Frontier. I really liked him in Game of Thrones. Um, he went out of his way to learn the Dothraki language, like which I thought was really really cool. Um, and and just everything you see from this guy, he's he's hilarious. He's like, he is just, he throws axes for fun and he drinks beer and he rides around on a, on a, what is that? The little, uh, uh, wheelchair thingies, like an electronic wheelchair. He commandeered one of those and was riding around Comic-Con <laughs> in it. I, he just seems like a really nice guy. So I'm really excited for the movie, you know, maybe not even because I'm a huge Aquaman fan, but because I I think this guy's just a cool dude. Um, he's just this bearded, funny, giant man. <laughs> like, I, and, and you know, stop objectifying men, Caitlin. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, I, I will. I will objectify men every day of the week, and then twice on Sunday. So. Hey, I can't um, blame you. Like, I mean, it's I'm not like that, that man is a sexy dude. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll I have he's, no he's, shame in saying that. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely. Um, he's. Uh, I hope I. I I hope my husband's not listening to this. But <laughs> it, it, I think he'll be fine. My husband. He, oh yeah, no. If you see my husband, he is like he is like a tall, bearded, like huge dude. So I mean, I have a type, obviously. So yeah. Um, so Jason Momoa fits understand. that type perfectly. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So. So I'm I'm good. I'm good. So what you're saying is we shouldn't uh, so, have Jason Momoa on the show. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. And you say should? Because I'm going to go with should. We should have him on the show. And Jason Momoa, if you are watching, I won't screw or listening rather. I will not screw <laughs> your name, and I'll be I'll be super nice, and you should come on and talk to us. Because I would love that. So let's uh, go ahead and start discussing some of this film before I get I get too, um, you know, all a flutter thinking about Jason Momoa as Aquaman. 
So, uh, Kanan, let's start with you, buddy. What do you think about the clapperboard? Are you excited? Um, I mean, not just not about the clapperboard. Are you excited about the movie? Is is more to the point. I can't wait to watch two and a half hours of James Wan with the clapperboard. I think that will be one hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. No, seriously. Awesome. Uh, I, to be honest, I am. I am so excited for Aquaman. I mean, look at the cast. This movie might have the best cast of any DC movie um, oh. so far. I mean, just – I mean, the talent across the board. Plus, you have James Wan, who is probably one of the best directors in Hollywood right now. Um, I can't wait to see some footage. I think we're going to get some, some – definitely some pictures or something at Comic-Con. Um, but, yeah, the – I mean, right now, you know, we know it's in production, so we know it, it's, it's you know, getting uh, off the ground. But, yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. Okay, oh. so we haven't heard from, let's see, Nick, you already said you have, a, like, a huge crush on Jason Momoa. So what, what about you, Juwan? I, I wouldn't characterize it as that. Like, come on now. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I said he's a good looking guy. I said no, and I prefaced no, it with like no, the no homo like phrasing Nick, in a more politically correct manner. Like Jesus, I'm come out. on now. I'm out, Nick. I'm it was over the radio. That makes it fact. You have a thing for Momoa. It's true. Okay, well then I, I like Jason Momoa and you hate women. Fine, Joan. <laughs> All right, well, since we're being actually accurate today, uh, <laughs> no, but honestly, I, I'm really excited for this movie. Um, James Wan is one of my personal favorites. I, I think Death Sentence is one of the most slept on uh, oh, movies. On. Um, that was just such a well-directed movie. Um, James Wan is just a genius um, uh, as far as what he does. And I can't wait to see the horror element come to Aquaman. I keep telling you guys every week, the idea of Jason Momoa riding a shark, go face whether it's uh, Orm or, or Black Manta or whoever the hell. I want a giant That might be, horse. you want a giant, that's not badass enough. He has to ride a shark. That's what he shark. rides in the comics. You know, and he also wore that orange and green leotard shit. We're going to get a version of that. No, we won't. Jason Momoa, I guarantee you right now, will be shirtless at least 65% of the time. No one's going to be complaining? No, no one. I mean, just like when Ben Affleck comes out with Batman, I won't be complaining. Anyway, guys, to the point. Um, I can't wait for this Aquaman movie. An amazing cast, like Kanan said. Um, This definitely is the best cast DC has created yet, but I think that'll be trumped by, by Batman. But anyway... Really excited for this movie. Yeah, we got time. Really excited for this movie, and can't wait. Joel, what do you think, buddy? Aquaman. I can't wait for Aquaman or Ahab, as they're calling it. (laughs) Yeah, Ahab. Caitlin made sure she pointed that out. It says Ahab. Aquaman. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward. Old Man in the Sea. Yeah, you're right. Nice. Anyway, reference. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Okay. So Nick. Um, we're we're going to ignore the fact the 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 um I guess uh crush. Okay. Sure. Past that, what do you think? Uh no, I love it. I, I love James Wan. I love what he's been able to do with the conjuring. Um that has been one of the 
uh, quintessential horror um, uh, genres that has actually got me on board. And I'm not like a huge horror film, like, but The Conjuring is actually one of those that I like that I adore. And so with him having worked on this for so long, and this has been in this has been in the works for a while, and that's like to me that's so quintessential that it's been it's been in the works for a long time and they figured everything out. They've got, like Kanan said, they've got one of the best casts that like you could imagine. And with everything that is slated um, with the DC EU, like this is, this is the one that I'm kind of most excited for. And I've always kind of been like one of those people who's like, Aquaman is just, he's really underrated. And I'm glad that they cast somebody like Jason Momoa, who's just like badass incarnate, um, to be able mm-hmm. to like portray this character. Because to me, like that's what Aquaman should be, like not this like, <laughs> not this like poof dude who's like fucking has like flying fish shoes. Like there's like no like Aquaman I, is a I, badass, I, and I love it. I'm I'm totally on board with it. Oh, absolutely. Um, Dane, what do you think, bud? Uh, Jason Momoa, if you're listening, uh, just to let you know, outside of Canon, uh, everyone on this show apparently wants to fuck you. So uh, <laughs> there's that. Just thought I'd make that announcement. Uh, I noticed I did not say outside myself. Outside I myself would settle either, for but a beer I'm... with him. Just saying. <laughs> All right, so Nick wants to take advantage of you, apparently, is what's going on. All right, anyways, uh, Jason Momoa, we're, as I like to call the... Were I not happily uh, married? Yeah. Were I not happily married? Anyways, I, I am too, I am too. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, what else was I going to say? Jason Momoa, a.k.a. the good Roman Reigns, uh, is a badass actor, and I would love to have a beer with him. He's, he's a badass. You know, we, we've all said that. And seeing him in a movie, great. The fact that it started filming, nifty. Let's get the film going, and I'm ready. And uh, other than that, I don't really care. Uh, you know, I'm excited about the movie, but just saying it started filming, it just means that it needs to get the fuck done. That's how I feel. Do yeah, it. absolutely. All right. That's a, good, that's a good place to end off on that. Uh, let's go moving on. Josh Gad has stated that he wants to be the penguin in the Batman possibly having a significant role in Gotham City Sirens as well. So what are your thoughts and speculation on that, Joel? Why don't you kick it off for us? Um, uh, hold on, hold on. Before you go, Joel, hold on. Before, before he goes, <laughs> I just wanted to tell you guys that I got something from someone saying that um, the idea of the Penguin, what they were aiming for, was Alfred Molina. The idea of the Penguin? Yes. That's what they – that's what – to talk of what they were looking for, Penguin, uh, who they were looking That's to what portray they were the Penguin. Of. Right. Okay, that was their ideal character. That was Are their they ideal. trying to get every Spider-Man, like, villain and character from the Sam Raimi movies involved <laughs> in DC Universe? Like, I would love it. I would love it. I'm out. You know what I'm scared about? The next villain is fucking Topher Grace. No. <laughs> no, no, or Carson Dunst. That would be horrible. What if she played the Riddler? Oh, God. Topher oh, Grace would make an excellent uh, Superman villain, Mr. McTilpix. I can't even say his name, but oh, yeah, Topher Grace would be perfect Mr. McTilpix. Yes. But no, yes. I just wanted to let yes. you guys know before we started this topic that I did just hear from someone that Alfred Molina was who they were looking for. He 
Mr. Penguin was someone that they wanted to use in the uh, right. upcoming future. But we're discussing Dashcat posting a picture of the Penguin on his account. Go ahead. That's All right, Angela. so we're, that's what we're taking. All right, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, I'm okay with if Dashcat uh, is involved in some capacity, and it is the Penguin, I could see it. I could definitely see it. I'm not sure how that would work exactly. I don't know if he's my first choice. But um, I'm I'm okay with it if that's the case. And if it is, it's probably for like Gotham City Sirens or something. Probably not the direct Batman movie. You know, that's where I'm, that's where my head is at. Leave it up to Joel to a keep it real, and like b like just be like even keel about it. Like yeah, it's cool. <laughs> not my first choice, but I'd be cool with it. <laughs> I'm not gonna hate it. You sound like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. I didn't know that. That that was actually yeah, that was a really, really good Matthew McConaughey. So Nick, what do you think about Josh Gad? Uh no, I, I like Joel said, I mean I'm I'm kinda right there with him. Like wouldn't be my first choice, but I would be totally cool with him. He's got like kind of the build that you would want for the character um, I think he could pull off the character very well. Um, my first choice would actually be Jonah Hill, just because the range that he's been able to show um, over the over the course of his career, I think he could absolutely like just capture that character better than better. Like I, I just think he's a better actor. Um, but like if if Dad got it, like yeah, like I could see that. I got no problem with it whatsoever. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, pass it on to Kanan. What do you think, buddy? Well, you know, I'm I'm going to go the opposite of uh, Joel and Nick, and I'm going to say I don't think anybody should sleep on Josh Gad because people slept on Michael Keaton, and he turned out to be a pretty damn good Batman, and people slept yeah. on Heath Ledger, and he turned out to be a pretty damn good Joker. So, That's a fair point, man. Josh Gad, yeah, I just got to the point where I'm not sleeping on anybody anymore. I'm not going to sit there and dog anybody that, you know, I mean, yes, I would fan cast somebody else, but if he wants the role, I've seen him in movies. I think he goes all out. I think he brings it every time. It looks like he has fun doing the role. And I think he, I think he would, you know, give 110% uh, to play the Penguin. So, yeah, I mean, if he wants it, then, I mean, of course. I mean, somebody that really wants the role, I think they're going to, you know they're going to give their all, other than somebody that's just looking for a job. I mean, if he really wants it, then I say give it to him and and let's see what he can you know what he can bring. I don't think he's going to be in the Batman movie, so I don't think that's going to be the huge issue. I mean, as far as like people are like, oh, I don't want him to be in the Batman. He's not going to be in the Batman movie. He'll probably be either in uh, Nightwing or Gotham City Siren. So yeah, I mean, I think that would be a perfect fit. Okay. And uh, more to that, do you, do you think that there is um, value in having different actors for TV as opposed to movies? Do, do you think that that's a good call, or do you think they should kind of keep it? Um, if, if you're Penguin in the in the TV series, you know, should you be Penguin automatically in the movies or vice versa? Um, or you know, do you think there's a different translation there? Well, I, yeah, I, would be I my wanted... point. Yeah, when 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 Superman Returns was made, I wanted Tom Welling to be Superman, uh, but you know they wanted to go, they wanted to keep it separate. So I don't really necessarily think that because Robin Lord Taylor plays Penguin, which he's a damn good Penguin by the way, 
in Gotham yeah. that he you know he yeah. should go to Absolutely. that he should go and play in the movie. But I mean, if mm-hmm. that's what they wanted to do, then fine. If got let's say Gotham doesn't have a season four, and you know, you know they're like, hey, you know, let's bring you into the movie verse. Yes, of course, I would be like, you know, on board with that. I'd be on board with any one of the actors from Gotham, you know, going and, and playing in the the movie verse. But um, no, I mean, I don't think it has to. I, I think they're they've established that this, the TV verse and the movie verse are not connected in any way. Um, so I don't think we have anything to worry about that, and especially with uh, Teen Titans uh, being on the streaming service. You know, you have he's Nightwing's going to be a part of that, or Robin. You know, we have the Nightwing movie coming out, so I mean, we're going to have two different versions. Yeah, right. I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I look at what you just said, Kanan, and I completely, I completely agree with you uh, on on the sentiment of that. I just think less, and I'm not saying Penguin's a lesser character. The characters that aren't known to the general public, I'd like somewhat more known names to take those roles. Like uh, Joel was just showing me the, uh, the the scientist from uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, Toby was it Toby Jones? Toby Jones. Toby Jones, Jones would be a great pick. Um, I, Ooh, I kept putting yeah. on the idea of Paul Giamatti being my uh, my penguin. Like there's just Absolutely. so many other other picks for Penguin that I'd like to see before Danny Robin. DeVito? Oh, wait. No, that, that already well, the guy, happened. The guy, that I wanted, yeah, the guy that I wanted to play Penguin for many years is sadly no longer with us, and that was Bob Hoskins, who would have been the best. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, really? I, I hate that he did never, I hate that he never got the chance. You know, maybe he didn't want it, but if he did, I hate that he never got the chance because he, he, he would have been a dead-on Penguin version straight out of the Arkham games. I will oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. You are 100% correct with that. I, absolutely. One. I will say this right before we pass it to, to Dane and Caitlin. Um, the reason why the, yeah. Josh, the Josh Gad as, as Penguin, it, it didn't do anything for me, was because, and I'm not saying that he couldn't open or expand his range, right. but I think if the Penguin character was just somebody for Gotham City Sirens, Josh Gad is perfect. If it's if Penguin's going to also be in the Batman that we know is uber serious with um, very dry humor, I don't know if Josh Gad is the person I want. I want someone who can pull off that gangster mafia kind of feel. Jonah Hill is someone who's who's shown great range. Um, War Dogs, man. Toby Jones. I just want yep. someone I've, I've seen with a with a, a, a better edge. range, right? And more of an edge to them. Thank you, Joel. And I think Josh Gad fits more for Gotham City Sirens because it's going to be more of a playful movie. The Batman should be for someone with more of an edge, and I don't think Josh Gad has that at this moment. And like you said, Cannon, we haven't seen him get the opportunity, um, so he could possibly do it. Right. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying I have a list of guys I think should get the phone call before Josh Gad. But we can definitely pass you the day. Know- but yeah, that you know could do it. That's the right. thing. Right. What about, uh, what about uh, Pat Oswalt? He did the uh, the parody. Oh yeah. With uh, Pete Holmes. That was. It, it, oh, I, no, it, no, dude. Happens. I would totally be on board with Pat Oswalt. Like no yeah, doubt. He, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love Pat Oswalt. Well, let's yeah, get Someone's, gonna definitely, yeah, someone's definitely gonna need an edge. What's your thoughts, Dan? I want you know what I want to get. Are you are, are, are you are you guys are you guys I, done? Seriously? Are you guys done? Are you, are you guys done? Or what's going um, on? Sure. Um, I mean, how many sure, times sure, you trying to pass to me? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, how many how many quarterbacks we have passing it? Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, can I fucking talk? 
Oh, uh, <laughs> no. How's it going out there? Uh, just the idea of, of Josh Gad. Um, I like the idea. Uh, it just depends on what style they're going for, much similar to what Juwan said since he had three times to talk about it. Um, you know, if you go with a gangster or more of like a Tim Burton style, Josh Gad seems to be very similar to how I feel about Toby uh, Toby Jones and even um, I heard heard another name, Patton Oswald. I don't know if I if I want gangster, I want someone that that seems really intimidating, and also age is a little bit of an issue, which is funny because I just got an argument of, of why Femke Jensen as Talia Al Ghul would be a great job, and someone said she was too old. But judging on Batman, are we saying this is a new pang- penguin? Because if that's the case. Gab would be fine, but like you guys said, I think Jonah Hill would be able to take that and put layers of each style into it. Um, I would personally want uh, Brian Cox, uh, Ray Winston, or Paul Giamatti, but I love the idea of Alfred Molina. And if that's the case, take the whole fucking cast of the uh, Sam Raimi trilogy because I'm down. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Oh, yeah. I'm done talking, guys. You guys, you guys can tear it apart now. Jesus Christ. Do it. <laughs> How about we just move on uh, from that? I think I think we have talked that into the ground. Um, let's go ahead and start with uh, some speculation on Suicide Squad 2. Guy Ritchie has mentioned that he wants to direct it. And based on this desire, do you think that he'll get a chance to? Do you think that just saying that you want to do something is, is, is you know, indicative of what's actually going to go down? And what no. do you think that that would do for the Suicide Squad franchise should that desire be acted upon? Let's go ahead and start with uh, Dane. I don't know why we're starting with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're starting I, I with you because you bitched about fucking not being able to talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. You had to t- talk for six hours, Nick, about the last subject and the one before that. And I wanted to get a couple words. Yeah, fair Jeez. enough, brother. Fair enough. <laughs> and, anyways, no, but um, no, but in all seriousness, I think Guy Ritchie would be a great pick. Um, I love the first couple Guy Ritchie films. I was a big fan of Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Huge fan of Snatch, Rock and Rolla. I actually really liked his um, his two movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr. for Sherlock Holmes. He's made a couple you know, awkward movies, and I haven't seen the Zoo King Arthur, but when it comes down to it, I was saying uh, Joe Carnahan, who made Smoking Aces. Guy Ritchie created that concept. I mean, if you're going to have someone that's, like, all over the place, understands comic books, I think Guy Ritchie could handle it. I like the idea of him doing it better than I like the idea of him doing Aladdin, honestly, and I like the idea of him doing it better than Mel Gibson. I think Mel Gibson's a better director. I think if you gave him a character in DC Universe, like the New Gods or something like that, he would do amazing, or, or a war-based story. But for this, I kind of like the kooky concept, but you need a director that can do that and, and, and make it work. So I'm okay with Guy Ritchie. Do I think that him saying that he wants to do it means shit? Absolutely not. But then again, they've gone through a couple directors, so we'll see. Absolutely. Uh, Joel, what do you think, bud? Well, uh, I'm, I'm very cool with it. I, I did recently watch uh, King Arthur. And uh, I really enjoyed it. With uh, Jawan. Uh, Jawan happened to be there while he Yeah, was... I'm not no sidekick. Let them know you took me. You keep that between me and myself, but <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Guy Ritchie. I'm a big fan of Guy Ritchie, and I would be really cool with it if it's not, like, let's say Mel Gibson. Not that, you know, he's not my first choice either, but fuck it. I'm really cool with Guy Ritchie doing it if he wants to do it. I just want to see somebody pick up the director's spot for Suicide Squad. 
Okay. Nick, what do you think? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say that was hilarious. Uh, Jawan's like, I'm Morris Day, you're Jerome, bitch, recognize. (laughs) 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 Like, yeah, you saw that shit because I'll let you, motherfucker. Um, but nevertheless, um, nevertheless, uh, I I I like the idea. I think it's great. I I agree with Juwan, or I'm sorry, uh, Dane, that like Mel Gibson's like directorial type would be like that's a great idea for him to do New Gods, Dane. Like that's like that would be so on point with like Mel Gibson's style. But for like Guy Ritchie's style, like, are you kidding me? Like, if you've seen. Any of his, especially early films, whether it be Lock, Sock, and Two Smoking Barrel or uh, Snatch or even Rock and Rolla, like, those movies just kind of translate to the style that they were trying to do with the first Suicide Squad. And I think he could take that style. He's proved that he can work with an ensemble cast very well, make a connective story. Like, yeah. Like, just... Like, I love Mel Gibson and all, but, like, if Mel Gibson is in talks, as they have said, and is still in talks, who knows, just be like, dude, let's work something else out for you if we're go- if, if anything can, because Guy Ritchie is the guy who should do – he is the perfect fit for a Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, and uh, let's see – let's hear from uh, Kanan. Well, at I- I think Guy Ritchie has got a great reputation enough with WB that if he says, hey, I'd like to direct this movie, then I'm kind of shocked that they haven't already gone to legal and uh, drawn up a contract. But at the same time, I sit here and was thinking, why why the fuck is anybody even talking about Suicide Squad 2? There's There's another movie that people really want to see, and it's called The Fucking Flash. So why you've got a point, man. So this, so this makes me this makes me think of two things. One, this movie is in bigger disarray than they're leading on, and nobody wants to touch it because Guy Ritchie, I think, would be a better fit for Flash than he would Suicide Squad Two. Suicide I Squad Two needs DMLA, someone. But... Suicide Squad Two needs someone with a fucked up mind than... like Mel Gibson. But it's either one. The Flash already has a director, and they haven't told us who he is. Or two, the movie's in such a disarray or are in shambles that they're not even going there. But we heard, I mean, we heard about yeah, that. Last guy Ritchie says, "Hey, I want to do it. That's fine." But I think he would be better with something else. I agree with Dane that I think Suicide Suicide Squad needs you know someone with just a more you know edgier background uh, than really with what Guy Ritchie you know has. I mean, because I mean his movies have style and. They're really well done, but I mean, I'd like to see somebody that you know, like he said, you know, Joe Carnahan or uh, Mel Gibson, you know, to to come in and direct that. But I mean, if I think you're, it, I, then, I mean, yes, give it. Well, I think you're mischaracterizing or misinterpreting what Dane was saying, but like, I think that like, man, uh, Suicide. I I, just, I really think like Guy Ritchie would be perfect for Suicide Squad, and as far as the Flash, like. It's, it, this isn't like a report from Warner Brothers saying we are in talks with Guy Ritchie. It's just Guy Ritchie saying, like, I would love to do it. Like, So that's like right. kind of two different spectrums of like uh, him 
saying he would like to do it, and then the studio saying we are in talks with him. So, like, I get, I, I totally get where you're coming from with the Flash, though. Like, the Flash, like, needs to be um, uh, figured out like immediately. Like, that should be their priority number one. Um, like yesterday, I, like like two yeah. days ago, actually fucking three yeah, weeks I, ago, and, a lot before yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm saying that if Guy Ritchie is coming to Warner Brothers, and, you know, putting it out there saying, hey, I'd like to do Suicide Squad 2, you know, why is it Warner Brothers saying, hey, we we think you're great enough for this, but we think you're even better. So, you know, what about maybe The Flash? You know, what what would you do, you know, with that? I'm saying, like, he's got that reputation with Warner Brothers, you know, that they keep making movies with him. I mean, The Flash, I feel like, is a more important uh, property right now in the Suicide Squad, too, because we got already got enough Batman movie themes coming out. We've already got a Suicide Squad that came out. We don't really need a sequel. We need The Flash. People yeah, want to no, The I Flash. Get you. That's no, the one movie everybody Kane. talks about. Kane, and I get you there. Here's the thing. Uh, he's already signed on to do Aladdin. So what he's saying is I want to do I want to do Suicide Squad 2 because that is – I could do that really? after Aladdin. They're trying to do Flash at the same time they're trying to do Aladdin. So, like, do you really think they could be like, hey, Guy Ritchie, we want you to do Flash, drop Aladdin, and come do Flash? No. No well, chance, son. No well, chance. I mean, can I just say this also, Kanan? You said something that I almost took you off air for. There can <laughs> never – I am in control of the board. I will not take you off air, Kanan. There can never, ever, ever be too many Batman projects, Kanan. Drop those shits like like, like hot hot grease. Uh, I agree with them, actually. I think that, you know, there's a huge DC universe, and they're staying in their comfort zone making six Batman films to, you know, fill in and kind of like not talking about The Flash and kind of putting Shazam to the side and Cyborg. It's it's like Batman took over, which is great because his anniversary happens and shit. But that just seems they have a lack of faith in their other products. Yeah, well, fuck those other products. Anyway, um, no, I mean, <laughs> hey, go drive a Batmobile off, get the wheels off, and go over a fucking. I forgot the damn rhyme is. Fuck you, Juwan. <laughs> yeah, with no disrespect at all to Batman. So just, I'm saying, but the Flash—that's what everybody wants to see. And I didn't realize that they were trying to do Aladdin whoa, and Flash whoa, at the same whoa, time. Whoa. I mean, of Holy course, Aladdin's huge, but. No, I'm going to be honest with you, Kanan, and this is what I'm hearing. Flash potentially is is going to come out in 2020. Um, that's not something they're in a rush to do. What they're in a rush to do is Sam, Black Adam, because The Rock is, is literally, like, showing up every day, um, the Batman, um, and Suicide Squad, too. Those, I mean, I'm sorry, and Gotham City Sirens. Those are their priorities at the moment. Flash lost its, its window when both directors left. Um, yeah. So it lost its window but of coming know, but out. But we know they're talking soon. to people. Cause right, I no, no, no. They're absolutely we talking to people. We had reports about Mechas, and they're, they're talking absolutely to other talking people. people. So they're yeah. talking to people. They're talking to people. Yeah, they're trying to figure it out. Exactly. And Billy Crudup said Ezra was really busy, too. So that might be – maybe they're waiting on Ezra's schedule to open Billy back also, up. Billy also sure. said that it, it, he hasn't heard anything of Flash starting, like, anytime soon. Like right, anytime right. soon. So like I said, I believe it's going to be, from what I'm hearing, 2019-2020 is where it's being pushed at the moment, which kind of makes sense. Um, but as far as Guy Ritchie, if I'm Guy Ritchie, Side Squad is what I'd rather have my name on. Because um, yeah. think about what David Ayer did with um, Suicide Squad 1. Wow. How it wasn't that well received. 
Right. So picture if you're Guy Ritchie, the last thing you want to do is take a Flash franchise and get up. So to him, he's like, my safe zone is like what Suicide Squad 2 would be doing. That's what I want to be doing. I could see it. So if you're, right. That's what I'm saying. So if you're Guy Ritchie, you don't talk you into doing something that's out of your comfort zone. You want to, right. Yeah, and, he, yeah. And, and the thing is, he's great with ensemble cast. Like, that's what he's known for. Right. Absolutely. Um, and he has nothing to lose because he doesn't have to worry about, like like you said with The Flash, because the first Suicide Squad kind of sucks. So right. it's not like so, people I that mean, like the movie are going to really care either way. Exactly. So, and I mean, win. everyone wins. To be completely honest with you guys, this is just me and Joel's opinion, though. You guys might, when you see it, have a different opinion. King Arts was amazing. It was good. Um, I heard it was, it's really good. It was really, really, really good. Really we good. actually got to see I'm it. I'm excited uh, to see it. It was. Re- I, I will say this: Charlie Hunnam is no longer the guy from Sons of Anarchy. He has shown me from that movie, like we could see him in more uh, lead roles right. in, in movies like this. Um, so I, I my hats off to the guy Richie for that. And yeah. I remember telling Joel right after that movie was over, I could either see this guy directing an X Men film. Um, or like a superhero fil- superhero movie film down the road, and then two three weeks later he's like, I want Suicide Squad too, and I'm like, yes, that's that's what I first saw for you, dude, because that movie was uh, a week. I'm sorry, because that movie was was really awesome, and it showed me he could do something like Suicide Squad too. Yeah. So I I disagree with that a little bit, Kanan. You don't want someone to upsell you when you know something is your comfort zone. Right. Um, and I don't think Suicide Squad 2 necessarily needs the Mel Gibson mind. It it prospered from a Mel Gibson mind, but it'd be fine with, excuse me, a Joe Carnahan or, or a Guy Ritchie. Joe Carnahan. Yeah. And uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and shift gears over to uh, – uh, we're going to shift gears over to uh, the Defenders – the uh, I, I'm getting some feedback here. I'm sorry if, I, if I'm talking a little weird. I, I keep on hearing echo. Um, we're going to go ahead and shift gears, however, and go over to the Defenders, and we saw the trailer for that. And I'm personally very excited about it because I I love all of those series. Um, even even Iron Fist, I I enjoyed Iron Fist. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I liked it. Um, I, I, yeah, that, and, and honestly, I, I liked it from the, I guess, the angle that he's a new superhero, he's a kid, he is, I think it needed to be played kind of innocent, um, that, that he needed to be kind of a dumb kid, because he was raised in a remote, you know, mountain, you know, other dimension somewhere, and and to have that kind of childlike innocence and and naivety uh, kind of kind of fit for him, and I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, he's so naive and stupid." And it, it I, I think it fit for what happened to him. So let's. I'm going to go ahead and uh, shift gears and go ahead and uh, take it over to Dane. So, what do you think about the the new Defenders um, uh, trailer dropping? And what do you think of with the Nirvana soundtrack and everything? Well, thank God Daredevil's in it. I'm just kidding. I, I like <laughs> once, especially Luke Cage. Um, I'm glad they're all together. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I hope to watch Iron Fist, apparently, you know, at some point beforehand, uh, so I know his story. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love seeing uh, 
you know, uh, Ridley at the end, uh, you know, Scorny Weaver looking all evil and shit. But uh, I'm just looking forward to the series, and the trailer got me pumped. Uh, I mean, I, I love seeing that visual of, of seeing Jessica Jones in court and then, whatchamacallit, uh, Matt Murdock coming up to her and then helping her out because that exactly thing happened in Alias way back in the day from Brian Michael Bendis. So mm-hmm. they took that right out of the comic books, and it was just delivered really well, and uh, I'm really excited. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it other than that. So, yeah. Woo! That was good. <laughs> Ow. Um, that was what a really good point. Uh, it, it was pulled exactly from the comics. Uh, if you haven't read Alias, I, I definitely suggest it. It's by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, wonderful series. It's about, I believe it's about the first time that uh, cussing was introduced in comic books. So, fuck yeah. And we're going to go ahead and see what Joelle thinks about this. Well, I personally loved it. It was a really good trailer. I had a, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I liked it more than I expected. I didn't know what to expect from the trailer itself. I didn't know how much they would actually show us. But yeah, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I like seeing I like seeing them all together and interacting. That was it's kind of was kind of surreal, sort of, you know. I cause we've seen Jessica and Luke interact, but we've never actually seen the others interact with them. So I'm really excited to see how that works out. We got to see Iron Fist punch Luke Cage in the face with his Iron Fist. That was pretty. I didn't expect to see that in a trailer, so that was pretty cool and. Fucking uh, Daredevil wearing uh, Jessica's scarf as a mask. That was pretty funny. That was a, I, I just can't wait to see how, how they pull it off. And uh, I got to wait till August to see it all. So. Can't wait. Uh, let's see. I, you know, and I like that, that sarcastic humor. And they yeah. all kind of have it. Um, and I think it'll play really well with, you know, when they work as a team. Uh, even with, with uh, Iron Fist, he's kind of naive. I, I think it's all going to play well together. It, it's going to be kind of noir, but, but really, really good and really solid team. Uh, let's see, uh, Juwan, do you agree? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm extremely excited. Um, I, I I think what uh, I enjoyed the most was um, the the joke at the end. Uh, where Jessica Jones is like, I'm classy. Uh, between that, yeah. uh, between that, and the fact that almost every scene uh, that they showed Matt being with the team, he's looking in the wrong spot. I'm sorry. What am I looking at? I know he's blind. I know he's blind. Um, but it's just, it's just like when you look at it, you just go, what the hell? Um, and I also like the joke. Also like the joke. Yeah, right. Also like the joke. Uh, which is like you look. Stupid, and he goes, "Your scars." Like, I, they're gonna. They, it looks like they play off each other so well. I love the fact that the connective tissue is uh, Claire, mm-hmm. um, and I love the fact that Electra's back in her all red. Um, I, I, I just, I, I love what. Um, I can't remember her name. What's her name? Um, that plays Electra. Hello, the young. Yes, I love what she's done with that character, man. Uh, I really thought the Jennifer. Um, uh, ben X Garner, the the version we got of that might have been the only time we see Electra, and I'm glad that wasn't true because thank God. Uh, Elodie Young is doing such an amazing job, and it, from that trailer, I got really hyped. Um, and just before uh, you pass it, Caitlin, I just want to say, suck it, Kanan. Uh, Marvel Netflix can keep doing hallway scenes because it's <laughs> visually stunning. <laughs> I like I like the hallway scene. 
No, no, Marvel no, Netflix hallway too. scenes is a damn ripoff of the elevator scene in Winter Soldier, so I don't even want to hear it. Whoa, whoa. Oh, okay. Also, the ripoff is actually movies been ripping each other off. And, uh, I'm out, for I'm out. Let's not forget a movie called Raid existed before Winter Soldier. So if we're going to say anything was a ripoff, I'd say Winter Soldier was a ripoff of Raid. Raiders, yeah. Everyone's just trying to be Raid. But I don't think it's necessarily Raiders of the Lost Ark? Right. <laughs> it's not necessarily a ripoff. Every, every time it's being done, it's tasteful. Winter Soldier was that was beautifully shot. Yeah. Um, and Daredevil season one that was beautifully shot. So was season two. And honestly, that little bit in the hallway scene where we don't know the context of it, that looks really awesome. Also, did you not expect to see a giant hallway scene? I mean, come on. Come on. I, I will. I will say this though. It did make me. Come on. Me. It did make me a little uncomfortable because Luke Cage and Jessica Jones aren't really um like skilled fighters. Yeah. So while everyone's like doing kicks and and, and jump up punches, <laughs> they're just standing there like heavyweights, just like boxing the shit out of people. Um, <laughs> that good. that part was just like, eh, but I loved it. it. Well, it's well, like so you've got Jessica Jones and you've got Luke Cage, who are kind of like street fighters, brawlers, and then you have Iron Fist and you have Daredevil, which is more martial arts, fluid, flowing. So I think that you know. All four of them together, it's going to be really cool. Uh, to speak to what you said about him kind of looking off in the middle distance or whatever, you know, even though you know he's blind. Um, it said in the comics, and, and I don't know if, if they're playing off of this or if there's a reason for it, um, and, and I guess we'll find out once we see the show, is uh, in Kevin Smith, uh, he did the the Guardian Devil series, I believe it was called, uh, and in one portion he had kind of done something a little more physically that that seemed a little um obviously uh something that a blind person couldn't do and he said oh i forget i have to play blind in the office and i mean it's been done before you know it's a line that's been or, or something that's been alluded to before where he's had to kind of turn off that extrasensory ability not turn it off because he can't but you know turn off that he uh, can uh, I, I guess the illusion or, or not the illusion the uh, yeah, help me out here guys uh, he's he's got to make uh, the perception that he's a blind know. guy that he's like uh, yeah yeah you know he needs he needs to turn off that perception that he is a blind guy or, or that he is not a blind guy which he is God I I am not good at what, English I wonder if he today. would just naturally be good at playing Stevie Wonder songs on the piano or like Ray Charles I wonder if that's how it works <laughs> uh, Absolutely so, I mean, Hey he's got the reflexes man he's got them. Yep he, That's the thing is that you know he's got those reflexes and stuff so he's got to pretend like he's blind I mean he's, right, he's, he's a blind guy that has to pretend He's yeah, he's a blind guy that has to pretend he's blind, which is I mean it's a it's a weird paradox. But in any case, uh who haven't we heard from? Canaan and me. Been all over the place. Canaan and you. Okay, so you then, Nick. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I loved it. I really did. I thought it was a terrific trailer. I agree with uh Joelle. I loved I like one of the shots that just stuck out to me the most was when Iron Fist, like, collected his chi and knocked the shit out of Luke Cage because it just, it so much mirrored 
the image of the trailer where Luke Cage knocked the shit out of the dude um, in the uh, in the the um, the little shop with the uh, I think Chinese uh, owners yeah. where he just knocked the shit out of the guy and like it was the same kind of shot and it was just so funny seeing that from the other perspective and like I can only imagine what they're going to do with that like Luke Cage just being like what the fuck. Somebody just knocked me on my ass, like, and like he's going to immediately like gain that respect for Iron Fist, and like it. I can't Poison wait to see that. I think I just think it's going to be awesome, man. I just think, I think that's going to be kind of like somewhat of the foundation of their relationship, and then of course they'll grow it from that. And 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 I can't wait to see, especially the two of them with Heroes for Hire and all of that, like, going forward, like, to see the two of them meet, that's, like, what I'm looking forward to most. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just super excited for the series. Um, I love the look of that, uh, that hallway fight uh, that they have with, you know, all four of them coming down the rows. And, and like you said, Caitlin, like, you got the two brawlers, like, the two, like, almost boxers uh, with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. And then you got the two, like, martial artists with Daredevil and Iron Fist and like just the way that they can play off of each other, the way that they can work with one another and the fact that the showrunner who did Daredevil seasons one and two is doing this, like the way that they shoot things and their their attention to detail is just like so awesome and I can't wait to see Iron Fist in that sort of realm away from the realm that we saw in the uh, Iron Fist series, where it was much more uh, poor man's born uh, identity type of um, shooting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see it. And, and with the with the Nirvana backdrop, like, I, I you know, they had oh, had perfect. the backdrop. Uh, they, they had that before with, with the first uh, the teaser, uh, trailer. Yeah. With a teaser, and I love that they used it again. It wasn't overdone. It was that they did snippets of, like, different uh, lines with that kind of echoey, dissident, you know, feeling, and, and it was... Right. And then you had the shot of uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver, and, and you're just like, oh, man, she just looks like a bitch. She just yeah, looks and, like well, a straight-up and, and, and evil bitch. It, yeah, and they paired it up perfectly, like... A, slowing down the lines to, like, make sense. And then when they got to Sigourney Weaver, it like, they come with that line that's like, and an old enemy. And it's just like, there was her, like, right there with that, like, old enemy. And, like, is that an allusion to, like, it, like how is she an old enemy? Like, is does that mean something? Is that just the song they used? There's so much going on in that trailer that is just awesome. I, I had chills up my spine, and uh, I mean, it's and and I'm a big Nirvana fan anyway. Uh, if, mm. if you ever get a chance, if Me you're too. ever in the Seattle area, and you ever get a chance in Seattle, go hit up the EMP Museum because there are a lot of just wonderful stuff. I, I hopefully the Nirvana exhibit is still there because it is packed with nothing but cool Nirvana stuff. And, uh, I mean, it's it's a fun museum to go to if you ever get a chance. So, uh, well, Kanan, uh, 
you you hallway hater. What do you think, bud? <laughs> well, despite what? the hallway shot, that's no, like no, no, no. Here, this was actually. I'm sorry. One second. Let me cut you off there, Kanan. I have a question for you since you had a question for Juwan earlier. Why do Why do you hate hallways? <laughs> I don't. I don't hate hallways. I just feel like they're done in every series of Marvel Netflix. But as far as the as far as the the Defenders trailer goes, I feel like it was it was shot or cut very well. I loved how each character had like their their color, you know, sil- you know, behind them. Like Daredevil had the red door, and Jessica Jones had the purple hue, and Cage had the uh, the yellow, I thought that was well done. Uh, the banter between them wa- was perfect because you know they're they're just kind of like meeting each other. They're kind of getting used to each other. The whole uh, kind of take from Guardians of the Galaxy, the whole Star Lord, uh, you know, I'm the Immortal Iron Fist, and Luke Cage is like, who? Like really? Who are you? <laughs> and then you know the, the showdown between them, and of course the Jessica Jones and Daredevil when he's got her. Uh, her scarf around his face, and she's like, "You look like an idiot." And he's like, "Well, it's your scarf." I mean, yeah. And then Sigourney Weaver just topped it. The 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 zoom in on her with the little turn, the whole you know, kind of like Thanos at the end of Avengers. Uh, you know, the kind of little turn you see her face. Uh, she's going to be a badass villain. I cannot wait to see what she has. But yeah, this you know, I, I've expressed my whole opinions on uh, Iron Fist, but the rest of them. Top notch, going to be a huge series, and uh, hey, can't wait for August. Hey, Kenyon, I'm right there with you with Iron Fist, so don't feel like too like you and me are right there, brother. Yes, thank you. I mean, like, Iron watch Fist, it. I, Iron Fist is the weakest by far of the four. Yes, absolutely the much. weakest by far as a, as a series. However, I I don't think that it's as Horrible as everybody says it is, I think I think it got a lot of bad press because uh, was it the director went off and and called Asian people Orientals. I, I think that was a very was bad, bad PR movie. Yeah, see, to me though, that doesn't that doesn't like factor into my opinion. Just it's like oh no that's, no, and, and I'm not that's saying not, it did. Yeah, I mean that may factor into a lot of like politically correct um, type of people, like you know what have you, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think it's just, just the way it's shot is not on mm-hmm. par with the others. Absolutely. Cough, guardians. And uh, yes, yeah, we need to talk some. Dar- <laughs> we need to talk some guardians. So, Showtime a holes. Let's go ahead and do this and talk some guardians. I saw it yesterday with my family, and I posted up a blog on our website www.geekvibesnations.com. If you want to go ahead and check that out, um, and so without further ado, uh, Juwan, you've seen it. What do you think? Actually, I want to pass it first to Dane. We'll start with Dane. What did I think about the movie? Um, <laughs> okay, honestly, uh, I liked the movie. Uh, I think that if we're calling this a, a comedy film. You know, compared to sequels that are made, usually for comedy films, it's the, it's the hardest. Um, so I think it was a great sequel and extremely funny. Uh, but 
I also was very disappointed with the movie uh, upon, uh, you know, witnessing it just because it, I didn't have to have it better than the first movie. I don't, it's very hard to do that. It's very hard to trap lightning in a bottle twice, but I felt like there was something kind of missing. I felt like there were, there was a central story, but I just felt like it was flat that it could have been part of an overhaul, bigger story within it. Um, uh, I like the individual uh, pairings that they had throughout the movie and a lot of the dialogue, uh, whether it be funny or, or uh, charming. Um, you know, a lot of it was good. Uh, but I don't know. I I definitely did not think that was just going to be it. Uh, I have to admit that. Um, I thought the scope was very small compared to the first one. And I didn't really like Star-Lord as much. Uh he just he he didn't do it for me uh, as much. I, th- I think he wasn't acting like uh, at least how I would perceive he would act. He wasn't rational enough, and it was. It's like my lord, is him and Gamora ever gonna fucking get together? Like, do we have to wait like five movies? Like, if she was like you know not 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 up to it by now, I think I would just be like, all right, there's lots of girls in the galaxy and shit. But that's just me personally. I just wanted to kiss at the end of the goddamn movie. That didn't happen either. Um, and the soundtrack was not really memorable at all. I know a lot of those songs anyways, but could it be the hater? Yeah, I didn't like the soundtrack either. Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay, Dane, is that your final word on it? That is my final word, Captain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, Nick, what do you think, buddy? Uh, yeah, like I'm I'm kind of on board with Dane. Like I I liked the movie. I thought it had. I really think it had. I mean, it had great humor. Like it was, it was definitely funnier than the first one. It it had heart, um, and that's that's one of the biggest things for me is whether a movie like is just going along with the paces or whether whether it like has heart and just and like you you feel like um, the people who are making it care about it and you feel like that the movie carries along the way that it should. Um, but, like, in the way that I agree with Dane, I, I like, I feel like, and even, like, uh, uh, again, even the, the story, the story, the connective tissue, uh, the, the story in and of itself was good, but the connective tissue was just lacking. Like, there was there was something about, like, some of those scenes, whether it be, um, you know, Star-Lord, uh, like, having, like, a relationship, having a relationship with his dad um, and just kind of being blinded by it. It didn't, like like Dane said, it didn't strike me as the way his character would be represented, and I didn't like it. I, like, I agree with Dane. I didn't, I didn't like the way Star-Lord uh, was portrayed in this movie, and I don't think that has anything to do with Chris Pratt, just the, the way they wrote the character. Um, but like, I, I think that it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, to, to kind of expound upon uh, a little bit of what I said earlier, I thought there was like a couple scenes later in the movie where Rocket, um, like, uh, he just decides like we have to take off. And I, I kind of felt like that was like somewhat of a, a justification just to kill off, uh, uh, a particular character and 
um, it, it just didn't seem quite right to me that like in in the sense that uh, like it didn't like why couldn't you have just waited as long as you could have possibly waited you know like normally those kinds of scenes they like they're like we, we, we can't wait any longer. And, like, we didn't get that. We got, like, uh, no, we're not going to wait. We're just going to go. Like, and I'm not, like, sorry. It's like, we're not going to lose, like, another another Guardian, blah, blah, blah. And, like, that that kind of, like, there was no, the only reason that I feel like they did it in the structure that they did it was because they wanted to kill off Yondu. And, like, that's fine. Like, dude, Yondu, like, the the scene in which Yondu, like, dies, like, that is, that is a, such a, a poetic scene, and they do it very well, um, but, like, it didn't, the structure didn't quite add up, and, like, that happened throughout the movie, and, like, the way that uh, uh, we were presented with uh, Ego being the villain, like, being the main villain of the movie... Um, which was, was really cool to me. Like, I loved it. I love how we were told kind of going into it that, that, uh, what's her name was going to be the, the main villain. And then she was just kind of like a secondary villain, which I think you could pick up just by watching like mm-hmm. the first half of the movie. Like that's not going to be the main villain. Um, but nevertheless, like moving forward, like for somebody like myself who doesn't really know ego, the living planet, like, I, I I think that, like, they basically uh, just shoehorned it in there. Like, they were, like, mm-hmm. they made the audience, like, they, there wasn't a progression in which the audience discovered he was the villain. It was, like, it was so obvious. It was it just made so obvious. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of little things like that throughout the movie that just kind of... Um, I thought could have been done better. I don't think any of the movie was bad. I just think there were a lots of portions of the movie that could have been done better. And um, so I'm, I'm kind of on board with Dane. Like I liked it. I'll watch it again. But I think it's one of those mid-tier Marvel movies. One or one of those mid-tier MCU movies. Like I'll watch it like on occasion. But it's kind of like uh, Age of Ultron. Like I watched that movie maybe once every year, two years, or I'm sorry, once every year, maybe twice a year. Um, but, like, uh, you know, you don't watch it as much as you do, you know, your your Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy 1 or uh, Winter Soldier or Iron Man. Like, it doesn't, doesn't quite stack up to those, that, like, top tier of MCU movies. And it worries me a little bit that, you know, the last several movies that we've gotten have been just kind of that mid-tier, just that, that, that middle of the road, especially when you got Fox movies, namely Logan and Deadpool, those two, they're just knocking it out of the park. So that you can watch every, once a month, if not more. So uh, I'm, um, I'm, a little, I'm, a, I'm a little worried. Okay, so I'm, I'm I'm not trying to cut you off, but uh, let's let's hear from uh, somebody else on this. Um, let's go ahead and go to Joel. What do you think, bud? Well, now I'm gonna sound like a fucking uh, lover of this movie all of a sudden. Um, mm-hmm. 
I didn't have as many issues or near nearly as many issues as everyone else has seen so far. Um, I, I I watched it and I heard the reviews ahead of time and I heard some of the complaints going into it, so I didn't I didn't really know what to expect, but I knew I was gonna like it. I kind of figured I'd like it, and that's what happened. I watched I watched this whole movie. I laughed my ass off. I loved the visuals of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think much about everything else until after the movie and I probably have to watch it again just to get a real good feel for it. But I didn't I didn't dislike a lot of things. Like I liked most of this movie. I enjoyed a lot of it. Um I'm I'm like literally right now thinking in my head like what I dislike and I can't think of many much of anything. I won't say I loved mm-hmm. this movie, but I, I close to love this damn movie. Like I gave, I gave it a rating, yeah. I give it like I give it eight and a half. I really I really had a lot of fun with this movie more than I expected. Uh, and maybe because I, I didn't maybe like the first movie as much as everyone else did. I didn't hate the first movie, God, God, not at all. But I didn't praise it as much as everyone in their, in their mother. But, um, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I really, really, really like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Had a lot of fun with it. It's all I really needed needed from it. Uh, I thought maybe the probably the worst thing about it, if I had to say anything negative about it, maybe like five post-credit scenes was a little much. I don't know if I needed all that. <laughs> I don't think we needed to see all of that. Um, and I really was upset yeah. that the yeah, and and I didn't need to see Yandu. I really wanted to see Yandu meet up with the other his his former team before he died, and he died before he got to see it. And then we get to see them all together at the post credit scene without Yandu. So that was like kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> but other than that, I really yeah. I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun with it. Okay, and uh, Kaden, what did you think? Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually saw it uh, about a week ago, so I already kind of had, you know, my thoughts on it before everybody else probably did. But I, 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 you know, it's not a bad movie at all. I think it's really, really good. I wouldn't say it's great. Uh, I feel like they, uh, the character development for a lot of other characters like Nebula and Gamora was was done really well. Uh, I agree with Dane. Star Lord was kind of just there. I did, I did like that they. You know, we finally got to see who his father was. I kind of wish yeah. they would have expanded on that a little bit more, maybe in in the next movie. Of course, that's not going to happen. But um, uh, I loved the. I, I wish Drax would have had a little bit more. Uh, Batista is, is becoming a, a you know a very good actor, and I feel like he was just comic relief. I felt like he could have done a little bit more. But the the scenes with him and Groot had me rolling. I mean, just Groot. It's like every time they're fighting with each other. It was so funny. My biggest disappointment was the fact that I felt like in the first Guardians, Rocket was an asshole the whole movie. But I felt like at the end, he kind of felt like he was accepted. You know, you saw how tore up he was about Groot. But this movie went right back to making him a total asshole. And it's like it was the same cycle all over again. I'm like, why? Why Why are you doing this constantly with, with Rocket? Uh, the uh, relationship with him and Yondu though was done really well. Yondu, uh, I, I loved him being uh, expanded on more. Of course, we know why they expanded on him more. Uh, I just feel like they gave us a, the great tearjerker moment at the end between him and Star Lord, and I was like, man, I really wish we could have seen that that more. And of course, you know, I, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy the other day, and you know, he brings that up, but. No, it was a really good movie. I definitely recommend everybody going to see it. Was it um, the best? No, but it was still a really good movie, and I'll see it again. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Juwan, 
yeah, no. Um, the the best way I can kind of categorize it is, uh, I left this movie enjoying the end credit scenes. Uh, they, they were more memorable to me than any one thing from the actual movie. Wasn't horrible, but like I was telling Joel a little earlier, I felt as though um, James Gunn kind of got a little lazy on this one. Um, yeah. Kind of felt as though, it seemed like he felt as though. Uh, he could kind of just live off the fact that the first one was so well received um, that he didn't kind of have to do that much with this. Um, I didn't feel as though the stakes were up. I didn't feel as though, um, you know, they had more to lose. Like to me, it, it was a lot of things that, that were wrong with it. Didn't have a steady villain, uh, kind of went all over the place at, at certain moments. Um, but I will say the best thing to come out of this movie was now we know officially we have Adam Warlock. Um, but outside Absolutely. of that, uh, between Adam Warlock and now we know we have the Watchers, between those uh, those two things, awesome. the Watchers were awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah. out, out, of those, out of those two things, those are the best things I can take from this movie. Um, was it, it wasn't horrible or anything. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not slamming it by any means. You gave it a two. <laughs> I, I was about to say I didn't even give it anything. Uh, no, but uh, I, I can see why someone would enjoy it, and I can see why someone would have issues. I can see your point. Yeah, I just can't see how you said this was worse than Power Rangers. No, I didn't say this was worse than said. Power Rangers. You, said. you gave Power Rangers a seven and a half. What'd you give Power Rangers? And I told you I thought it what'd was a little you, higher. What'd you give it? I only gave it an eight. What'd I only you, gave it an eight. What are you giving Guardians two? Seven and a half. Okay. Anyway, nice. uh, <laughs> Give it a anyway. seven. That's what it deserves, man. Give it a seven. Don't balk. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. James Gunn just got really lazy on this one. Yeah, I gave it a seven. Not That's to go the thing, too man. He did. Yeah, he did get really lazy on this, and I'm sorry. I can't be that. And I'm not saying you are by any means, Joel, or or you, Kenan, but I can't be that typical uh, comic book fan or Marvel fan that's just like it's another another it's another Marvel movie so it's great like no he got as lazy in that as I felt Josh Wheaton maybe got a little out of his uh, I thought he's maybe not so much lazy just tired or or he's been consuming himself it, with it so much just like Josh Wheaton you know I mean yeah that's a good a point Dane that's a great he point have a lot of time and I, I won't disagree with that but I, I'll say this as far as the writing it was very lazy. Not his well, yeah, he followed the, the same writing. pattern as the first one. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see, it. I don't see it. Not a problem. L- listen, we we see it differently. Dude, I the first I one was so like, much like, better. Like, well, it's so hard to get that twice. You know, like, yeah, Dane, that's what I was telling you earlier. It's, it's so, so hard, hard to do the Dark Knight or or uh, you know Empire or anything right. like that. It's so hard to have a sequel better than the amazing first one. Right, I mean, right. If, if anything, or even if like anything. even like Godfather Two, where the sequel's like on par with the first one. Like it's so yeah, hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes oh, yeah. you get Winter Soldier. Sometimes you get Iron Man Two. I mean, you never know. I like Iron Man Two. I, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go ahead. Iron Man Three, but I'm saying. Okay, there you go. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm All right, Kaylin. Like Kaylin, what did what did you think? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the odd odd person out here. And I think what's kind of giving me more rose-colored glasses than I guess you all is the fact that I'm a little kid. And yeah. Absolutely. I absolutely. And we we went to this as a family, and we had her sitting between us. And you know, uh, like I said in, in the blog posting, we're you know he's on the my my husband is on the slope for for two weeks out of the month, so it's kind of hard for us to you know. 
have something where we can all do it together. And that's what I really liked. And and I liked the message of family and that family isn't necessarily your blood relatives. You know, sometimes family is who you pick out. Uh, you know, as far as, like, I guess laziness is concerned, I, I didn't get that impression. And, and I'm not just saying this because I got mad feels from, you know, watching my little girl enjoy a movie. It's, you know, I, I did have that. You know, I had those, those feelings of, you know, that familial bonding, you know, thing happening. But, however, it wasn't, you know, so super strong that, you know, I, I would blind myself to, to any faults of the movie. And, and I, to, I totally understand where you all are coming from, and, and I respect that you all have, you know, differing opinions on it. Uh, and, and I think it just speaks more to it depends on who you are and where you are in life and, and how a movie is going to speak to you. So, I mean, I, I hate that. You know, if you know what one critic says, oh, this is the worst movie ever, then it is. It that's not how it works. You know, it's it depends on who you are and you know, uh, you know how you felt when you watched it. Me personally, I loved it. I loved it a lot. I thought it was I thought it was better than the first myself. But that there the, there are a lot of mitigating factors to that. Um, uh, you know, namely my kid, and namely you know my husband. You know. And we all saw it together as a family, and it, it was a great family movie. And I, I definitely recommend it. I think it's great for kids. Uh, there was nothing in there that really leapt out to me. Like I guess unless like you're really super weird about your kid hearing like a hole or dick or shit, you know, <laughs> in a movie. Like, but I mean, no. Other than that, you well, know, like yeah, yeah, nothing but respect. I, you know, everybody's got their own opinion. So, but I, I personally enjoyed it. Um, however, I think we have about four minutes and, uh, if anybody else has anything to add about this, you know, no, no, we're, we'll, uh, I think we're actually going to close out the show, Caitlin. So I'll okay. take over from okay. here and All right. we had a great show once again, as always guys, uh, that's just how we do it around here. We like to have a good time over on Geek 5 Nation. Just like, you know, just groove to some chill, little music in the background and have a good time. And uh, we learned a lot of things about tonight, so I just want to mention a couple of them. Remember, Joel hates his name, Kanan hates hallways, Juwan hates women, Nick hates breathing, and everyone wants to fuck Jason Momoa. So after such a wonderful show, let all of them, me and our wonderful host, Caitlin, say, come and get your loving. And thank you, and let the Geek Vibes be with you, motherfuckers. Jam out! Yeah! Everyone say, come on, man, let's do it! Come on!